Let us pray. Gracious love of God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for your word. We give you thanks for this chance to come before you. We get the, give you thanks uh, to speak about you. God, loving God, guide us that we may indeed do what you need us to do this evening. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good evening, friends, and welcome to another fun-filled edition of Scripture Talk, the podcast where we talk about Scripture. It's in the name. Um, we are back uh, in Studio A, um, rather than uh, what I've dubbed Studio B, uh, which is our road <laughs> setup. Um, and I now have my version of Studio B fits in a backpack, which is pretty cool, and then folds out and has two screens and a key light and a microphone. Um, I had to buy a stool. Um, so a little behind the scenes of last week's episode, I had to buy a stool at Goodwill because I was I, the my uh, all, Studio B was set up on like a dresser, um, and so. So a normal kitchen table, I would have been like down here. And so, yeah, I bought a, found a $9 stool at Goodwill um, and bought that. And that, you know, became part of the kind of backbone of Studio B. Uh, we're back in Studio A um, and the whole team is back together. I am Pastor Trey Comstock. With me as ever is... Sister Brandy Dudley. Pastor Scott Ketchup. And on the ones and twos... The ways of body. Oh... Welcome back, Stacy. We're so glad you're here. Um, our uh, scripture this evening uh, is 2 Corinthians um, uh, chapter 4, verses 5 through 12. For we do not proclaim ourselves. We proclaim Christ, Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as, as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in clay jars, so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed always carrying in, the bo- carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Mm-hmm. So I know this passage best, um, I admit, not uh, from study of scripture, but this is the bridge for the song, the contemporary worship song, Trading My Sorrows. Um, and it, the second paragraph, not the first paragraph, but that's kind of where I know this best from coming up in the kind of late 90s, early 2000s, contemporary scene, Trading My Sorrows, um, one of the kind of major, you know, major pieces of required reading um, that we all grew up with. And so that's, and this is this is the bit that like, um, also in contemporary worship circles, separates the men from the boys, or separates like, are you going to go for it or not? Um, because it is such, it is one of the first really fast-paced bridges. Um, now they're very common. Um, I was thinking about this recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, now these kind of the dun and the really driving, really fast, like m- many many words, almost musical theater type bridges are very common. Um, but this was kind of what I think of as the first. Maybe it's you know I'm not exactly a historian of contemporary Christian, but I'm pretty close. I've been in the movement for a while. Um, and so that's where I know these words from. But it is Paul talking out of his experience of what it is to be in suffering and also know that you are in Christ. To not experience suffering as 
oh my gosh, God has abandoned me, but understanding that suffering taken on, taken on, willingly taken on for God's sake, is suffering with a purpose, and it is clearly it's helping him overcome, right? Um, oppressed but not crushed, persecuted, not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed, right? Like he he sees, you know, Paul goes through a lot of suffering, ending up in prison, ending up being killed by the Romans, um, ending up shipwrecked, right? Like Paul goes through some stuff. Um, but this gives us a clear window into Paul seeing that purpose in his suffering um, and that through it all, that no matter what happens to his mortal life, he carries with him the life that isn't Christ. Yeah, it, it's it's this great verse that kind of just uh, in so many different ways makes me think of other pop things. You know, I think about that, uh, the song, I get knocked down. Yeah, same but idea. Yeah, yeah. Get, yeah, yeah. You got that? And then Galaxy Quest, never give up, never surrender. No, no, and, you're going to say it right. Never give up. Never, Never surrender. surrender. You are our last hope. Yeah. It, <laughs> so I can't believe, we, this whole I can't idea believe we got Chamba Wamba mentioned on the right. I know yeah. it, it, it's amazing. So because there's so much that's in this that's hopeful. You know, in, in the Old Testament, in Proverbs, it talks about the righteous man falls seven times, gets up eight. It's not about how perfect we do this. It's about whether we keep going forward. I mean, I think of Rocky talking to his son. I was just yeah. going to say that, the Eye of the Tiger. I hear that song in my head because I see Paul getting beat up, pushed around, but he keeps on going because he has that mission in spreading the message of Christ to the Corinthians and the world. He's not going to give up. Uh, yeah. It, exactly. It's this idea of... You, you get smacked, but yet we're not defeated because there's hope in that and there's a purpose in all of this, like uh, Trey was saying. And sometimes that purpose is bringing perfection to us, like giving us opportunities for that old stuff to come to the flesh and be like, ooh, that needs to go away. And just opportunities to exercise our faith. I also, I think there's, I, there's a cautionary tale in this too because this, like idea that suffering has purpose um, and suffering builds character or, you know, suffering, you know, is a way for us to experience God in the world has also then been used as an excuse for not helping people. Oh, yeah. Right. Of I, I, I worked um, at a Christian charity once um, where they weren't paying us. We were employees and they weren't paying us. Now, you know, they were housing us and they were feeding us. Um, but some of us had bills other than, you know, immediate, you know, housing and food needs. And so I got sent, I got drew short straw. This I was not the one, the most worried about this, but I drew, drew short straw. And I was the one who had to go present to the board about how they should definitely pay us. They were, the board was, ha- I can, I can commiserate with them at this point in my life um, as one who has to raise the money to make Christian things happen. It's not always easy. They were having money problems. And so their thought was, well, these largely college students, um, we're feeding them, we're housing them. What more do they really need? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we'll pay them at the end of the summer. Uh, and for a lot of us, that wasn't working, right? Like, Sydney and I had an apartment at that point, and so, like, I had bills to pay. Um, a lot of the other folks did, too. And, you know, and it turns out you need more than, in a modern society, sometimes you need to pay for more than food and housing. Um, and so I had to go into the, anyways, I had to go into the, I got picked to go before the board and say, hey, you know, uh, pay us. <laughs> hey friends, uh, pay us maybe. Um, this is this thing you committed to. And they 
try I don't know if they used this verse exactly but they tried to turn that around on me saying no no it's okay you know uh, God is with you and you're suffering God will make it work and I had to look at them and go yeah maybe you're the way God's supposed to make that work yeah, uh, yeah and you're right the balance has to be there and I think what's missed oftentimes is kind of the way at least I've seen this is Paul's talking about how we personally view our own yes it's, and it's him talking about his and own it's not mm-hmm how we're supposed to look toward the suffering of others. That's dealt in other places where it talks about being the hands and feet of God and meeting those needs. And that suffering is paying off because others around him are being changed by the message that he's preaching. So he doesn't mind suffering for the message of Christ as it's changing people. But he's choosing, he's choosing to see it. He is choosing to see it that way for himself. Right. And he, you know, at least somewhat willingly set out on this apostle's journey, understanding what the suffering is involved, right? That's what makes this, what makes this okay. That's because this is Paul claiming it for himself and trying to teach the Corinthians about the nature of suffering, but doing so in that kind of sideways of not, you should think that there's one, you can, you can convince someone one of two ways or one of many ways, but two avenues. One avenue is, uh, you should think this way. Another avenue is I think this way and I'm going to think this way publicly, right? Both of those are a tactic to teach the Corinthians about suffering, but one invites them to view their own suffering that way. The other tells them they have to view their suffering that way. And what if they feel in their spirit that that's not true? They might hear Paul's words and go, yes, I resonate with that. I feel that in my spirit too, but not all suffering. Some suffering is meant to be alleviated, is meant to be alleviated by the by the body of Christ, by God's people, um, is being inflicted on you from outside in, unjustly. And so this can't just be a like, well, if you're suffering, just deal with it. God's in it because then we never stand up to injustice. Then we never, you know, push back against those who are oppressing us. Then we, you know, ignore obvious possible treatments uh, that are right in front of us. Ah, oh, no, I'm yeah. just going to keep suffering. Yeah. No, get a liver transplant. <laughs> get, get your kidneys swapped out. Don't keep going to dialysis. Just get the new parts. It's great. Yeah, and, and, and I think other times you also have uh, those who intentionally seek out suffering. <laughs> right, Because they yeah. think, I mean, and, and even that gone, like, with the flagellants. And yes, yeah. Of just self-persecution and I should be suffering. No, God's life is abundant life. It's a good life. But it doesn't make everything go away. And so there's that balance of, you know, we should expect and seek for uh, help where we can get it. Uh, we should definitely lean into God when things are going crazy, asking for his strength and his blessing. But we don't necessarily go seeking out the suffering. We just deal with it as it comes, as we're walking toward what God calls us toward. And also, right. when the alleviation of the suffering is there and is of God, like, take it, right? But I think the most important thing that we have to remember during the suffering is to stop and look around at the blessings that you do. Sure, have. yeah, and that's certainly part of what Paul's doing here. Yeah, I think you capture a definite thing that he's saying, yes, I am suffering, um, but I know I have Christ. Yeah, that, exactly. um, And I am I am deeply afflicted, um, but I can't be crushed because of what I carry with me. And the thing I carry with me um, is the blessing of Christ. Right. And he is able to see that and then sets this wonderful example that there is an argument in it, right? That this is a way, um, especially when you're living in a society that is 
um, set against Christianity, as Paul and the Corinthians, as Jew, Judaism and Christianity, um, that were not totally separate at this point, um, which Roman society was. Um, they underwent a lot of oppression. Um, Paul living the road life is difficult now in the 21st century. I mean, I bear scars of my life on the road and I didn't do it for nearly as long as Paul did. And I didn't do it in the first century, right? I did it in the 21st century. Um, and even I, you know, bear my scholars scars from the road. I've, you know, uh, my uh, diseases in my body I never thought should be there. My feet are a totally different shape. I'm covered in various scars, right? Like I have, you know, I've been through some stuff. Um, and so Paul has taken on the road life, um, which is hard on anybody. Um, and he knows that in that is Christ, that he is carrying Christ, that he's doing what Christ set for him. And so that sometimes um, to push the kingdom of God forward, there are risks, right? If it was easy, it would already be done. Um, if it didn't require sacrifice, it wouldn't have required Christ on the cross and wouldn't require the whole, the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and we wouldn't have all these resources available to us, mm-hmm. but those resources available to us so that we can understand where God is in the midst of the suffering. Um, it is with us, not apart from us. And I like it that he reminds us it's not about him. It's all about Christ because he tells him that he's just a, a, a jar of clay yeah. that, that the message is inside. Don't look at the jar. Look mm-hmm. inside of the jar, the, the treasure that's inside of the jar, and concentrate on that. That's what I like about um, Saint, not Saint Francis, but uh, Pope Francis. Pope Francis. When he began his pontificate, he told all his priests and everything he didn't want to be dressed up in those elaborate suits and robes and stuff and gold crosses. He wanted to be just humble in his dress, so people won't concentrate on what he's got on, right. but what's inside of his spirit. Yeah, I remember I was in um I, I was in some I was in some museum somewhere in Europe when I was walking across Spain and just going through um uh like we were in this room full of I don't know like a hundred bishops robes probably wasn't a hundred but it was like a lot and they're like innately embroidered not you know all of this stuff and um the, we were just walking through, like the, it was this it was amazing craftsmanship but right it it does you know, when, like, it is that balance of, like, when is what we're doing honoring God and when is what we're doing pointing at us? And Paul is like, this is not about me. Um, I like that. So, because a, a clay jar would have been the cheapest, right? There were mm-hmm. better jars. Um, there's one of the reasons why we, is arche- in archaeology we find so many clay pots because they broke all the time mm-hmm. it was just a constant can you imagine the only thing you have to store a thing is like porcelain um and you know clay right it's going to shatter a lot so we have a lot of pot shards um and so this is like the cheapest most rough and ready like vessel um that any working class person would have had that he's just that or we are all it's not just him uh, but he's claiming for himself and all of us we're all just that the real treasure um is christ and so even if our you know um our our jars of clay get shattered um we are not destroyed um because what's really who we really are is god's child which is part of how this ends up in this series right um that we are god's child that we can claim this that what we carry um with us um is jesus and if we suffer, if we choose to accept um, a calling that involves suffering, then God is also honored and God and Christ is shown in that suffering um, that people see. And as the, you know, Paul points out, for we, for while we live, we are, all, um, we are also, uh, 
excuse me, for while we live, we are also being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh, right? That when you are willing to suffer for something, that shows a depth of that conviction. That shows how real that is to you, right? People are not willing to suffer and die for just anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so part of how when, when we feel so called and feel so led can testify to God, um, but using discernment that it's not, oh, this is not, you're not being called to suffer. You're just ignoring the obvious way, the obvious way you can be helped. No, but sometimes there really are, right? There are hills we're dying on. Um, and when you face one of those times, you know, you can testify to the reality of God in the world. Well, see, I can also testify to this. So, you know, 47 years of my life, you know, I walked without Christ, and, and he still was there beside me yeah, the whole that's time. True. You know, with, with all the suffering and all that, he still managed to, uh, to, to, to be there with me and give me the blessings to survive it and everything. So that's just, that's just a testimony to the power of, of, of the true power of God. Amen. Amen to that. Definitely. Um, I like this analogy that just kind of lays there too as Paul is saying about these clay vessels. Yeah. You know, you, you've got the image of vessels that are made by hand, you know. And with that playing over to we ourselves having been, when you look at Genesis, the way in which we created out of the dirt. So he's using this of the actual vessels of how they're used, but also specifically referring to us and how that the vessel, regardless of its shape and stuff, how it gets used, what it gets carried is based upon the one using it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's how it works with us. You know, mm-hmm. as we're staying humble, what may be poured into us could be something as simple as water or something as awesome as the wine being used for communion or Seder in their, yeah. mm-hmm. their circumstances, which gives it a holier purpose and it's all up to the one who is using the vessel which for us should be us allowing ourselves as paul saying to be used for god's glory and for his mission right and that means that we are we are ordinary vessels carrying some carrying something truly extraordinary um which is you know which is god's presence which is you know we carry christ with us we are not ourselves christ and we should be really thankful of that it is a that's a high and lofty calling right um Uh, but we do carry it uh, so okay there's a bunch I'm, I'm seeing a bunch of stuff in the chat um, and so uh, first up from uh, Ken Diesterhoff uh, Paul went through all of his suffering because he decided to follow Jesus um, he was in a pretty good position before that right yeah I mean Paul set aside a ton um, Paul had you know a pretty sweet gig um, you know, working as a Pharisee, um, having a very secure position in society, um, and he hands over all of that uh, to hit the road, uh, which itself, again, uh, dire and dangerous, and then also um, uh, to suffer in other ways, being in prison, shipwrecked, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, and then coming in uh, from Joe, um, you, you know, in El Paso on uh, May Day, the Catholic churches in the area all join um, in a march up to the Statue of Mary um, onto the Sierra Madres. Um, and many would, would do the march on their knees to show, uh, show their, the, the, amount of, the amount of suffering for God. Um, it's more about the closeness you have with God in the midst of suffering, um, but it's not meant to be a permanent suffering. God doesn't take away all the pain because that's when we call on him. 
um, scars or stories. I so yeah, I mean a lot. This is one of like sits at the heart of a lot of pilgrimage traditions, not just in the Catholic Church. It just happens to be a lot of our history is the Catholic Church, friends. Yeah. It's a lot of Christian history is the Catholic Church um, <clears throat> of kind of really extreme pilgrimage. It's not just you know like doing the whole Camino de Santiago only on your knees, this kind of multi-hundred-mile thing, or doing it with no shoes. And we still have, you know, you still see in the Camino um, some real hardcore pilgrims doing some, you know, they'll only drink from gourds, or they'll only wear the traditional, like, you know, woolen, which in Spain in summer, sackcloth kind of deal, um, is awful. But yeah, that too, and often that was um, about uh, being particularly penitent, Right, that a lot of times pilgrimages would be used as a way to find your way back into God's good graces, which pilgrim having that long um, alone with God is really good for. Um, but they would add in an extra level of stuff. They would turn the suffering up to twelve, um, up past eleven to twelve, um, uh, to help with the penitent aspects of it. Um, I like the scars or stories. Yes, I'm suffering, but I'm so blessed in many other ways. Uh, Who am I uh, to complain? Also, chicks dig scars. Thank you, Kent Easterhout. (laughs) (laughs) That has certainly been my certainly been one of my life philosophies. I don't know how well it's worked, but that's certainly been a philosophy of mine. (laughs) Reminds me of Batman scars. My parents are dead. <laughs> you see, but Batman goes too well, far, right? So, Bat actually, now that you bring up Batman, Batman is the example of the opposite, right? Like, Batman constantly has people in his life that would help him, and instead, you know, a lot of Batman fiction focuses on. No, no, Bruce, you have all of these people. You have various Robins. You have various Batgirls. You have the commissioner. You have people. You have Alfred. Alfred. You have people yeah. in your life who love you, yet you choose to, my parents are dead. I will I will walk in the darkness. And, and, and not like, Batman is not like St. Paul. No. Batman <laughs> is suffering optionally just as, because that's what he thinks is going to ease his soul or whatever. Um, that is not, that is not, Batman is not what we're talking about. Bat, Batman needs some good bat therapy. Batman right. needs to go to bat therapy. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> bat, yes. Watch bat, Gotham. Scars. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the coolness the scar. of scars. Um, so, interesting enough, from what it looks like when we get to heaven, there'll only be one individual who has scars. Yes. Yeah. And it's the scars by which we all actually have access to the kingdom of God anyway, and that yes. is of Jesus. And you know, we saw that where he was talking to Thomas, you yeah. know, and uh, there in his hands and stuff. And so it's those, those nail-pierced hands, those scars that showed how far he was willing to go to give us the opportunity to endure everything that comes our way. Well, I mean, again, suffering that is chosen, Mm -hmm. um, called by God and chosen, um, is a tremendously powerful thing. Yeah. I mean, it is, you know, I was, you know, recently reading a book, read too much, I guess, (laughs) but reading a book about um, various Christian movements in the 1960s. And anytime I read something about that, I'm called the attention of, you know, what gave so much power to the civil rights movement. And I know this is not the first time I've brought this up, um, but one of the things that gives so much power to the civil rights movement is their willingness to suffer, mm-hmm. right? Um, that what gives, what clearly, de- you know, things like the, you know, uh, what happened in the Edmunds Pettus Bridge, where you have this, you know, truly iconic shot of John Lewis getting floored, um, decked by a cop. Um, by a sheriff um, as he's marching for voting rights, right? Um, that that 
that willingness to suffer, that willingness to put their bodies on the line, um, is part of what gave real power to their words, right? That is a perfect example of what is happening in this scripture, right? That they would, I no doubt, knowing their deep scriptural literacy, Mm -hmm. um, would come to a verse like this and see themselves in it as they choose to suffer, yes, on behalf of God and God's purpose, on behalf of God's justice, um, for the sake, and for the sake of others, not just for the sake of themselves, that I think they would, you know, someone like a John Lewis, like those who walked Mm -hmm. across the Edmund Pettus Bridge and face the very physical toll of it um, are certainly an example of what's happened here, of them knowing what they carried with them and then also carrying it for others. Yeah, Revelation 12, one of my favorite, they overcome by the blood of the Lamb Mm -hmm. and the word of their testimony and they love not their life unto death. And it's that willingness to let go, not necessarily eagerly seeking it and all that's... uh, And that's a balance, right? Like, you know, this is... You know, you tip too far one way and now you're risk averse, right? Oh, I've I've been given this precious thing by God. I should not, you know, seek to lose it. Well, actually, you're told simply here, one of the goals is to lose it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But also, you don't want to jump into the death cult thing. Right, yeah. where this is just like, and we're all gonna die. I can't wait Don't to die, oh glory. I can't wait to die in the morning. Jonestown. Um, <laughs> uh, right, Jonestown. Right, like again, this is like the goal. Is, the goal is to serve God's purpose, and sometimes that is suffering and death. But this is again discernment, discernment, discernment. Um, mm. There's another uh, comment here in the chat. Whoa, no Batman. Um, it, it's how he started, but after his training, um, he used to used to hurt and, tr- and try and clean up the town he lives in beyond what the police could do. Now all the Robins. Uh, what? There's a lot. There's a lot. Um, mm. Let's just go. Yes. Um, not all Batman movies are canon. I know. I understand that. Uh, but what if like? The way comic book arcs go, one of the arcs, certainly it's very popular right now in a lot of Batman fiction, um, is this like a totally, truly emotionally damaged uh, Bruce Wayne who just won't take help from anyone. (laughs) Batman, Batman, get some help. Go to Bat Therapy. Yes. Yes. I agree. And, and on that note, it's probably as good a time as any uh, to uh, bring the show in for a landing. Thank yeah. you so much uh, for joining us, uh, Batman and all. Um, if you have any feedback or your thoughts on Batman, um, you can leave a comment on Facebook. Uh, you can uh, leave a comment over on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can send us an email, uh, gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website, gracechurchpalestine slash slash videos if you want an audio only version of the show um it is also available just search scripture talk by grace church in your podcatcher of choice and we will be back next week we don't know what day yet probably sunday because uh, it's vbs on monday and so we will not be doing the show at six o'clock uh six o'clock on monday next different week bat uh, time, different, different bat time different yeah same bat channel but definitely a different bat time <laughs> Um, but also go in peace, love and serve the Lord and fear not. Say, well, God is with us. Uh, Do my fat dance. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
My parents are dead.